Welcome back, Zen Parenting. This is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. And we are going to talk about, I'm going to give you a clue, all right? Okay. That's a clue for what we're going to talk about today on the show. That's right. What is it? Um, I already know what it is. I know. I know. We already talked about what we're going to talk about, but go ahead and tell them the title of this episode. That'd be that'd be a Pink Floyd song called Money. And I was a big fan of Pink Floyd, and I still am. I know. I and know. you are always fascinated by my fascination with Pink Floyd because I never took psychedelics. Well, no. I'm fascinated by your what you loved in high school as far as music because it was all so depressing. Yeah, but I was basically a happy kid. And you're right. It was all like drug music. It yeah, was like the doors, uh, Pink Floyd, The Doors. Only the best bands of all time. Yeah, well, and you know, they're good. It's not that I don't like their music, but it's just you kind of, that was what, that's all you listened to. Yeah, it is It is a little strange in looking back You on didn't it. listen to any pop music or any like Brutal. dance music. Brutal. Or, <clears throat> you know, like a song comes on the radio and I'll say, do you remember this from high school? And you're like, no, I have no, no idea what that song is. I was listening is. to Dark Side of the Moon. That's right. That's right. Alone in your room. Um, okay, here we are. And I want to do a little, fo- first of all, we are brought to you by Avid Company. Yes. And we want to do a follow-up from last week's show. And I know you want to say follow up. a quick follow-up. Not too long. But uh, why don't you start... And first, uh, just summarize what it is we talked about. Well, last week we talked about kind of the melding of heart and head and how when we um, are too much in our head, which means we're doing too much thinking, we are too um, attached. What's the word you use? We are too identified with our thoughts. And so we get caught up in things that aren't necessarily true. We get caught up in our worries. We get caught up in the past. We get caught up in what could happen in the future. And we're not fully present. We're focusing on what could go wrong or what did go wrong or our our life instead of what's really happening in front of us. And one thing I said at the very end of the show, like in the last two minutes, was um, the best case scenario is if we can you know, blend heart and head that, of course, it's not about that our thoughts are bad. It's that we've got to at least question our thoughts. I mean, if we can start, you know, focusing on the thoughts that are good and powerful and helpful and meaningful and positive, it's going to really propel our life. I mean, it's going to be a wonderful thing. Um, But if we can do that and also focus on um, our gut instincts, the feelings that we have that arise when situations occur where we go with what feels right in the moment. And I think what I said last week was we have to focus on feelings rather than thoughts. And I think that's too general. I think people will say, well, you mean, so if I just feel good about something, that means it's right regardless of what it is. Like, you know, like you could say, well, I feel good about drinking alcohol. I feel good about going to a casino. I feel good. So I'll do that all the time. Well, not necessarily. I'm not talking just about something that makes you feel not good in that way, but gut instincts about things like, you know, the story that I told about my friend who was in the principal's office with her daughter and she wanted to give her a hug. Her gut instinct was to give her a hug because her daughter was struggling. That's the instinct I'm talking about. The instinct where we're going with our good feelings about what would be right in that situation right then rather than worry about what other people would say. Does that make sense? It makes sense. And I'd like to bring it full circle to parenting because... One thing that I've said to our daughters and one thing that I'm going to say to them as they continue to grow up is they're going to find themselves in situations of peer pressure, whether that's smoking or drinking or just whatever. Any time that they're going to be uh, in a position to make a decision that are sometimes difficult because they might be disappointing those around them even though they know it is in their best interest. 
And what I am hoping to convey to them is when they find themselves in those situations is to trust their gut or ask their heart. What does your heart say? That's what I have said to JC on a few occasions. Like, I don't know whether or not I should do this or that. Well, what does your heart tell you? Because that's my way of saying, get outside of your head for a second, maybe step away from the peer pressure and say, is this really something that serves me in my highest good? And I don't use that type of language with JC. I use, what does your heart tell you? And that is a tool that I'm going to continue to use when she's eight, which she's now, and when our daughters are 18 and 15 and everything else. If their heart tells them to do something, then I think that's their their highest good. So really, heart equals gut, the gut instinct. And, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because... One thing that you and I both try and do with the girls is you're talking about peer pressure and situations that they get in that could be challenging to kind of prep them for those situations. Mm -hmm. We do things like, like my daughter will come out and say, which, which outfit should I wear? And I'll say, I don't know. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Well, which one do you think I should wear? I don't know. That's my decision. What do you think? We try and give them back that power of Mm -hmm. they really know what's best for them. Those are just small things. You know, how should I wear my hair today, mom? I don't know. What do you think? You know, I think a ponytail. That sounds great. Because a lot of times we're in such a hurry with our kids that we really do make those decisions for them. We'll say, wear that, or I'm going to put your hair up in pigtails, or, you know, we're going to go at this time, or we, we kind of make all those big decisions, or they're not even big. We always make these small decisions for them, and then they start to depend on other people to make those decisions rather than to listen to their gut and what feels right. Absolutely. So it's kind of priming them for that kind of situation. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's a good recap of okay. So if any okay. of that makes any sense to you or intrigues you, listen to last week's episode. Yeah, so. I liked last week's episode. Um, so did I. So it's the reason we're talking about money today is because it's tax day on Friday. Yay, so woohoo! Can't wait. So hopefully you got your taxes in. And if you didn't, you better get on it because you got three days to knock that out. This is probably kind of a stressful time of year for many. Absolutely. And I think it's a huge topic. And to be honest, I don't know where our conversation is going to take us today, but I just know that it's important because there is a part of me that says money doesn't matter at all. And there's another part of me that says money is a huge factor in a, in a marriage. And, you know, well, I can, I can verify that it's a huge factor in a marriage because, um, you know, the divorce rate is what it is. It's about 50, 50 and meaning 50% of couples get divorced. And number one reason for divorce on some um, you know, it depends on what list you look on, but some of the lists say the number one reason is money, right? Why people get divorced. So it's absolutely a huge issue in right. relationships. Well, and to speak from experience and hopefully my parents will excuse me, but I know, I think my dad said, you know, if money was always an issue and that put a lot of pressure on our marriage and that was one of the reasons why my, your mom and me were having problems. And, uh, to be honest with you, I, I believe that he believes that, but I think that that is always the surface part of it. There's always something underneath. But if you can address money and be on the same page with money, then I think um, other problems won't creep up. Well, basically what you're saying is if you have a way of communicating Mm -hmm. about everything else in your life, relationships, big issues... Money can be another source. It can be another place where can you communicate in an authentic way about it, or are we pretending? Right. Are we kind of blaming each other for certain issues with money? Are we not on the same page about how we spend our money? Are we not on the same page of what's important mm-hmm. um, in our family? And, you know, those are all, you know, big, and, big questions. And what's the hierarchy of needs? Who's, who's a hierarchy of needs? Is that um, called? Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right. So I think um, my belief is as long as you have food on the table and a roof over your head, that's really the most important thing. But uh, uh, anything above and beyond that is kind of 
fluffy. Like it's not uh, blessing. Yeah, it's, it's, it, a, it's a blessing. It's extra. So, mm-hmm. so I guess the reason I say it is, is if somebody is so poor that they are worrying about um, putting a roof over their heads or food on their table, then I, I guess I buy into the fact that money is an issue. But as oh, yeah. long as you have those two things, then then really you don't need to have money be an issue. Well, it's easier said than done, right? Because if you don't know how to communicate about it and mm. you don't know it, let's uh, let's give an example. Say, you know, you you are who you are, which means that you you are um, thrifty careful McSa- with money. Thrifty McSaves a lot. How, yeah, how do we say this in a kind way? Yes, you are thrifty McSaves a lot. And say you were married to somebody who really enjoyed going shopping and getting a lot of shoes and who spent money, you know, a lot, who kind of went crazy at Target all the time. I go crazy at Target every once in a while. Every once in a while every you once do, while. But, but I will speak to, I, I think that you and I have come from a similar place, which makes it easier. Now, we did right. a lot of work to get right. here. And we still do. We have we to talk do. about these things all the time. Right. Okay. But I guess my point is, is that you, you know, it just depends on, are you on the same page about why we spend money and, and are we being honest with why we spend money? Mm -hmm. Are we, um, you know, are we spending money because yes, we absolutely need these things or are we spending money because we think we need these things? Are we spending money because we want to impress other people? Are we spending money because we think our kids deserve or should have all these? There's so many questions. There is, and um, there's so many different directions you can go with those questions. But there is, I think everything you just said is correct. I think people think they need to buy their kids more stuff. Let's talk about kids for a second because it will bring them happiness. But if, if you have any kids out there or you had kids, you know that most of the stuff that we spend our money on as far as toys and things like that go... Most of the time, it gets pushed aside and never gets used. Like a day later. A day later. And, like JC and, just had a birthday, and she got this. This she got amazing things. You know, she gets such wonderful things from our family, and you know, she enjoys it. What for? Like the twenty four hours afterwards. Yeah. And it just she's like, "Don't touch it. No one can touch it. This is mine." And then all of a sudden, it's like in the playroom, free game for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and she may go back to it. It's not that it's completely disregarded, but it's not as big of a deal as I think we make it out. Right. To and I think a lot of dads out there, are like, well, I have to provide for my family and yes you do have to provide for your family but you also need to be there if you're one of those dads who lets their job or their work completely dictate who they are and they are not around their house simply at the expense of because they feel like they had to have to uh, supply their family with a certain lifestyle then I think if you gave the kid a decision hey would you rather have this kind of house um, this stuff this stuff and have me be around or would you rather have me not be around and have this really, really good stuff? I would tell you that 100% of the kids would go with plan A versus plan B. Actually, there's um, a new show that I haven't seen yet, but it's going to be on Oprah's channel, on the OWN channel. Mm-hmm. And it's called um, it's called Kidnapped by the Kids. I think, I think it starts this week. And it's about kids who um, basically kidnap their parents and so far they're just showing that it's dads I'm sure there's gonna be some moms too that you know aren't home as much but that they kidnap their dads and basically say you're never home you're always gone and it's heart-wrenching you know Mm -hmm. these kids are like um, you know I don't think you love me I don't think you want to be around me when really what the dad is thinks he's doing is is supplying you know stuff and I'm working hard so I can bring home money so we can have this house and the kid could care less the kid could care less about having the house and that's so true and I think and then you know our our own egos get in the way you know we all have ego and we all 
want to have a certain type of lifestyle, whether or not that's very conservative and minimal or that's really lavish and and you know expressive with things that we have. But it's important just to keep all that in check and, and to know that that really isn't... Like, what's that movie we saw with Johnny Depp? Blow. Blow. Yeah. And uh, he is... Uh, Ray Liotta is his Ray dad. Ray Liotta plays the dad and Johnny Depp plays the son. And he's like, oh, Johnny Depp is distraught because he doesn't have any... The, the family is going through some very tough financial situations. Because he sells drugs. Because he sells drugs. <laughs> and Ray Liotta says it's not real. Money's not real. Money is not real. And really, that's the truth. We both, I can't remember what year we saw that, but right when Ray Liotta said that line, we both kind of looked at each other like, wow, that is so true. Mm -hmm. Money isn't real. I mean, now that's going to sound crazy to someone who's struggling with bills right now, Todd. So how do we rationalize that for someone who's like, I can barely make ends meet right now? Well, I think a lot of it depends on the ends that you're choosing to do. Now, if if you happen to be in a, a really tough position where you're having a hard time putting food on the table and a roof over your head, I'm not in that position. So it's tough for me to you know, give direction on that. But if you say, well, we're having a hard time because we can't afford our $75,000 car and we can't afford our mortgage payment of a million dollar house, then I would say, and you know, I've read a billion financial, you know, um, self-help books is, you know, live below your means and save money for the future and all that other stuff. So you do have a choice. I mean, we kind of all paint ourselves into this corner of, well, I really wanted this house, but now all of a sudden I need to work extra hard and I'm not around to keep it to keep yeah. it going. Yeah. So these are difficult decisions, and I don't mean to undermine uh, the decisions that might need to be made, but if you're having a hard time uh, fulfilling a certain lifestyle at the expense of your family, I think we all need to look in the mirror when that happens. Well, and I think that's kind of the point of the show, if we're going to kind of bring this back to what we're talking about, is what is most important? Exactly. You know, is, you know Todd and I talk a lot about <clears throat> birthday parties because, you know, we have three little girls, so we have a lot of birthday parties in our life. And we kind of realized after the first year or two of kind of trying to do something really grand that the girls don't really need anything grand. No. And that what we find to be the most important to them is are the people they love around them do we have a few balloons in the corner two or three um the girls and i make a cake together we don't even go buy it we make a cake together they decorate it we have some bagels and some some pizza todd shows a video of the year of Mm -hmm. their life and the girls are on cloud nine about that party and we often spend all this time and money planning these extravagant outings where the kids don't not number one don't even really need it and why are we doing it are we doing it for them sometimes we i think there's a lot of times that we think we're doing it for them but in actuality we're trying to um fulfill some type of story that we've built up in our head of what it's supposed to be like excellent instead of the way the kids really want it and all the kids want is to have their loved ones around and to have a good time or what not only what we think it's supposed to look like but what we think other people think it's supposed to look like Correct. where we'll say well my neighbor had this huge party so i have to have this huge party or my neighbor did something or my sister did something at safari land or Mm -hmm. at great america or something so i need to do something big like that and that's where our thoughts get in the way Again, right. going back to last week's show where we get stuck in this mindset of we have to either be bigger or better or just as big rather than what does my kid really want right. or what what do what does our family really want right. because Todd you know what people would say to us they'd mm-hmm. say well my kid asks for the big party mm-hmm. so then what do we do with that situation I would say well you can ask all you want but <laughs> this is what's happening 
you know, mommy and daddy think that it's important to have our family around. And you can carry this example. It's not just birthday parties. It's right. for every part. It's just a metaphor. Of, yeah, it's a metaphor for every other part of your life, you know. Um, you know, the kid comes to you and says, well, I want the new PlayStation 3 or whatever is out there. Well, if you have the money and you want to pay for it, go ahead and do it. But, you know, there's a, comes a point where enough is enough, both for ourselves and right. for our kids. And sometimes we just put our own feelings aside because the kid's asking for it, so we must fulfill their needs when really, even though they're asking for it, I don't really feel like it's what they need. Does that? Well, kids, you know, I think something that we we assume is that when a kid asks for something that we do assume it's something they need when really they're a kid and their natural response is to see a commercial or see something in a uh, store and say, I want that, mm-hmm. right? So we say, oh, if they want it, I should get it for them because that's how I show them my love. Well, that's not true, first of all. And number two, they may ask for that and then 30 minutes later, or five minutes later go down another aisle and say, I want that and right. I want that. That's just what they do. And, you know, something that, you know, because I hear this from parents a lot, how much they struggle with, you know, what their kid wants and what they can provide. There's there's certain ways to look at this. Number one, when your kid says they want something, you don't have to make them feel guilty about it. Right. You can say, that's great. That looks fun. I can understand why you want that. I often say to my girls, well, why don't you put that on your birthday list or why don't you put that on your Christmas list or why don't you save money so mm-hmm. you can buy that? And usually they forget that they even wanted it. Right. So we don't need to guilt them right. about wanting things because sometimes this goes the other direction where we start to put this on our kids and say, wow, you're so greedy or, mm-hmm. you know, how dare you want that? We don't have enough money and we make them feel bad. You can say, hey, great. I understand you want that, but it's not going to happen. And then on, you know, on the other side, just understanding that because kids say they want something, that's kind of our moment to teach some boundaries. Yep. That's yeah. a teachable moment. Absolutely. That's a time to say... I hear that you want that. That's not going to happen right now. You don't need to go into your bank account and your budget. Kids don't understand that or care about that. You can just say that's not something we're going to get. And I feel that that helps children understand their limits and understand build more of a respect for money. Right, right. Um, yeah, and to your point, um, you know, if it's really something they want, one is, you know, there is the, the momentary want for something. But if it is something that sticks around for a little while, then I, you know, obviously if they're three or four, it's a different story. But if they're eight or nine or 10, you know, they're starting to, you know, get money for birthdays and they're starting to maybe make a little money doing odd jobs or whatever, right. maybe an allowance, but have them put some skin in the game to teach them the value of money and the value of hard work. You know, maybe JC will help me clean out the garage one day and she'll make $2 or something like that. Put it in, you know, I'm going to get her a bank account soon to start teaching her the value of money and how the bank works and how credit card works credit cards work i mean credit card is the most insane looking thing to a child if you think about it oh my gosh and they see us use them all the time they see us use it all the time and it's a piece of plastic and you give it to you know the waiter or the store you know register lady and you just get anything you want and they don't see that we have a credit card statement that comes every month and we have a bank account that we need to withdraw funds from the bank account into the credit card statement they need to be taught that because if they aren't taught how it is all related then when they turn 17 and they go to college and somebody offers them a credit card outside the cafeteria at school, they're going to say, sure, and they won't know anything about it. So, And you need to start as early as possible. I've always contended that that from a co- they should start teaching financial management in grade school. Absolutely. I mean, Isn't that crazy that they don't, that that's crazy. not a part of the curriculum? And, and I didn't go to high school that had home ec, and I don't even know what home ec's all about. I feel oh, well, like. Well, I had home ec, but I did things like sew and yeah, cook that, and stuff. Yeah. So, I, I might be outdated, though. So forget about that. I'm. <laughs> so, 
but they should have financial management in in grade schools and high schools and colleges and the fact that it is not available tells us how we got into this predicament of this financial crisis of people getting mortgages that they couldn't afford and, and us being so in debt and just uh, purchasing way above our means right and so, thinking that that's okay i have to go back to something you said what's skin in the game mean they need to have some skin in the game so in other words let's say a toy is 20 bucks right. say well i will pay for 10 if you pay for 10 know, what is the phrase skin in the game mean? i don't know that's uh, homework for our listeners skin in the game i'm okay. sure is they... that like a sports thing um no it's everybody knows what that means I i've think, never heard that you. in my life and you just brought up sports, and I need the guys to talk to the wives about this. I asked you what the score of the Sox game was oh, this geez. week. And you said um, the Sox are losing 1-5. to five. Right. And ladies, you should know why that should annoy me. I don't think they do. I think they do. Okay, let me explain something. If there's any guy out there that doesn't know why that annoys annoys me, then... Have them email me and I'll okay. explain it. Well, can I explain? Sure. Because the ladies are like, why does that need Briefly. I guess when you're talking about sports scores, you have to put who's winning first. You always say who's winning first, which makes no sense to me because if our team is the White Sox, why am I putting them second? Number, number two, I was reading off of a screen – uh, basically the White Sox website, and it said White Sox won. It's because they were the visiting team, and they are always on top if you're the visiting team. Okay, then you want me to read below the, first yes. to make sure I don't no, I want you, you to look the at score? Bo- I want you to look at both scores okay. and say whoever's team is ahead, that's whose score you say first. You know what, honey? I will keep that in mind, but I'm probably can say that I'll make that mistake again because that doesn't that doesn't resonate with me. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, I will keep teaching until it resonates. Okay. Well, maybe the White Sox will win all year, and I, I will always be correct by saying the White Sox. Even first. the best teams lose 60 games a year. Okay. That's well, a crazy well, thing about baseball. Let's, let's go back to that phrase, a little skin off their yes. back or whatever. No, there's some skin in the game. Skin so, in the game. But let's talk about how let, – let's just talk about from a marriage perspective. Okay. You and I came together. I had a certain attitude and energy towards my – Right. You had a, a different one, not that it was opposing, but it's such a huge part of it. And right. here we are saying money isn't real, but yet it's, it's well, a it's huge, a huge part. part of marriage. It's a huge part of something that you need to discuss before you get married. Most people who are probably listening to us right now are parents and have either are either married or in a relationship, so they're probably already past this point, but they know the importance of you better discuss how you feel about money. Mm -hmm. And I think the difference between us is that I, when we got together, I was pretty good with money. I mean, I had had a history of not being great with money. I got to be honest. You had a little credit card debt. I had a little credit card debt and I used to like figure out my bills like on a, you know, every month on this piece of paper. And I just, you needed some help. I needed some assistance. Um, But anyway, I did figure it out and I got that great program. What was that called? Quicken. Quicken. So before we got together, I had my act together. But I think the difference between you and I is you are such a saver and you're so focused on things like retirement and the future. And it's not that I wasn't thinking about the future. It's that I wasn't focused more on the future than what's happening now. Well, and a very real example of that is at a time when we were saving to buy a new house in the last few years, um, we got some money back from the IRS, and I said, well, let's put X amount of dollars towards our IRA. Which was crazy. Which was crazy to you and completely normal to me. Right. Because my, you know, all the financial gurus that I've read is pay yourself first, do all this other stuff, and then you, you know, spend whatever's left over with whatever you need. Now, you had a point. Yours was, we're trying to save as much money as we can. We need as much for a down payment, blah, blah, blah. 
And I was like, no, we need retirement. And I think we've made compromises between those two. We have to because I'm not 100% correct, but you're not 100% correct. No, I agree. Because the thing is is that I understand the need for retirement, but if we are going to save for retirement and to the point, to the extreme where we can't function today, then that's a challenge. But flip side, balance, if we are just spending today Mm -hmm. and not focusing on what we're going to need in the future, then that's going to harm us too. So there's got to be something in the middle there where we say, okay, we save a little bit, but in that, in that day or in that moment or what was going on, we needed to save, we needed to have a down payment for our house. So to put that money, we have cash here Mm -hmm. away Mm -hmm. seemed nutty to me. So yeah, we've since gotten through it, but those are the kind of question, those are the kind of things that come up for people all the time. And there's a million different occurrences like that. I'm sure on everybody's marriage radar and all that. Exactly. And when it comes to houses and, and the things we absolutely need, um, you know, it's harder to say do this or do that. And we would never give that advice anyway because that's different for every family. But I think one thing we want to do with this show is just bring some consciousness to why we buy and get the things we do. Mm-hmm. If it is why we buy things for our kids, are we doing it because we feel guilty? Are we doing it because we're not home that much and we're trying to fill that void? Mm-hmm. Are we doing it because we don't know how to say no? Or, or um, can we sometimes say no and know that that's a good thing for them, that they're, we're teaching them something? And then for us, are we buying clothes and fancy cars and a big house to make sure everyone knows we're doing well? Keeping up with the Joneses. Are we keeping up with the Joneses or are we really taking care, and I'm doing that in air quotes, you can't see me, taking care of our family by being thoughtful about what we have Mm -hmm. and being thoughtful about that we can't afford certain things and actually teaching our kids through that process. It's not, you know, as Todd said, as long as we've got the basic, that first hierarchy of needs, which is food and you know, shelter and, and each other, mm-hmm. um, then do we need all this stuff? Do we need all this stuff? Exactly. And and each of those examples is, is another opportunity to teach it, you know, because the way you and I discuss and interact about money, we are, without even knowing it, directly teaching our, our children. children what type of attitude they have towards money. And it is such a critical part of growing up as a mature adult. You know, there, and this can be very simple things. Like Susie Orman, um, I'm sure everyone knows who that is, the financial guru. I read one of her books a really long time ago when I was trying to get my act together. And one of the very simple things she said at the very beginning is respect your money. So when you get dollar bills or, you know, and you're putting them in your purse, I used to just jam money in my purse, mm-hmm. like just kind of jam it in there. And one thing she taught is respect money. Put it in its place. Have it lined up. Have it in a place where you can easily get to it. And you know what I did that day? I went out and bought a nice wallet mm-hmm. so everything had a place. Because I know that sounds simple, you guys, but that's the beginning of respecting money. Can you find it? Mm-hmm. Do you know where your credit cards are? Are they lined up? Do you have your money in your wallet nicely? Do you have change? And the and my children see that. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. they don't see my money jammed in a purse. They see respect for money. They re- it reminds me of uh, whenever I, back in the old days when I used to go out and have fun with my friends, uh, my buddy Casey would always okay everybody's got to throw in 20 bucks and he would always have like four crumpled up dollar bills and like, like a wad yeah it'd be a big wad and he'd just throw it on the table and it would never be enough because he never has enough money he has right. to go to the atm everybody <laughs> but he doesn't make it that yeah night. but he doesn't quite make it everybody's got the casey friends i have a casey friend he needs to get to the atm anyways but that night he doesn't make it no he didn't make it that night <laughs> And I used to keep the amount of money that he owed me in my phone. And <laughs> I got made fun of for years about, oh, check Todd's phone, check Todd's phone. <laughs> See how much money See how much has. money Casey owes him. Because <laughs> it drove me nuts. And it wasn't about the money. Well, maybe it was a little bit. Oh, but thrifty. it just drew, drove me crazy. I know. Oh. I know what you mean. 
Anyways, okay, well, we are 28 minutes in once again. Do you have okay. any parting wisdom, departing thoughts that you think that's, that we That's need? a Parenting Unplugged thing. They always Speaking about- of Parenting Unplugged, they just recently did a show on circumcision. And if you guys are at all interested in... Um, in circumcision. In that topic... <laughs> If you're having, um, if you're pregnant or you're going to have a baby soon and you want to have a discussion, it's, it's a really, yeah, it's actually very, I'm making light, but it's a very meaningful discussion. It's something that really does need to be talked about. If you are bringing a son into the world, um, having all the information and again, you make that decision on your own, but you need to have the right information before you make the decision. Parenting Unplugged is a wonderful uh, show that precedes us. Right. So I, I think that, um, what I just like to, uh, you know, end by saying that money is just another opportunity for awareness. It's another opportunity for us to be our authentic selves and to really realize why we are spending money the way we are. And also we have to realize the way we spend and how we, we respond to money. Our children are watching us. And so we, we, like always, we always talk about self-care. We have to do the work first to teach our children. It's not about words. It's about what they see and experience in the home. Absolutely. So go ahead and promote your book for us. Um, Self-Aware Parent. Uh, it's on my website, Um New one coming out in the next couple months. Yay. And that's going to be called The Self-Aware, the self-aware Parent 2. Part 2. But there's 22 lessons. There's more lessons. That's right. And um, if you need a presentation this spring, please email me. And um, I have a Chicago Parent blog. Go look at ChicagoParent.com. And I will talk about our sponsor, Avid Company. They do painting and remodeling through the Chicagoland area. So if you're thinking about redoing your kitchen or your bathroom or your basement, give uh, them a call. Their number is 630-956-1800. And their website is avidco.net, A-V-I-D-C-O.net. Or you can just uh, look at them on our webpage, sedparenting.com. So. And last comment is it's our anniversary today. So happy, anniversary. happy anniversary. Nine years. Nine years. Um, and then uh, the last thing is my movie line. And my movie line for this week is, can I borrow your towel? My car just hit a water buffalo. You know what that's from? Log onto our Facebook account and give me another line from that movie. And maybe, just maybe, we'll send you a free book. So this is Todd Adams saying farewell. And this is Kathy Adams. Have a great week. See you next week, everybody.